the Queen of the Court podcast, your place for chats on all things growth, healing, and thriving through everyday parenting. I'm your host, Courtney Walker-Owens. I'm a homeschooling mom of seven, wellness advocate, self-proclaimed strengths genius, and an author. I'm here to inspire and empower you into a lifestyle of elevated living and passionate growth. Because while I may not be good at a lot of things, I am the queen of these things. Are you ready to dive in? Grab your coffee or mix up a smoothie and let's get started. This is the Queen of the Court podcast. the Queen of the Court podcast. So back in episode three, I talked a little bit about saying yes to God. I felt like we needed to hop back to this topic for just a little bit because I want to be super clear with you all that saying yes also means saying no. When we say yes to God, that means we are saying no to other things. Saying yes to what God has for you, to pursuing his plan and purpose and call on your life for this season, it means you're going to have to give up other things that get thrown in your path. It means setting up really good boundaries. It means closing a few doors so that you don't leave room for the enemy to mess with you or your family. If you listen to episode four, we covered that a little bit, but honestly, guys, as mothers, It is our job to close those generational doors and to make sure that we aren't leaving anything open that our kids might stumble into in the future. So I want to give you a couple of really practical examples. When I said yes to God to step into ministry almost two years ago, it meant my time was about to be reallocated. My focus was going to shift. My attention, it couldn't be solely on the things that it was on before. I had to look at my life and schedule and create the time for ministry. I had to let go of and say no to a few things that just weren't necessary anymore. This one really just took some strategy and honing in on my habits. I didn't have to give up a lot, but I did have to relinquish flexibility in my schedule. Then, when I said yes to starting and running a homeschool co-op, that meant an additional, much larger cut into my time specifically. I had to find two full days worth of things to say no to or squeeze into other parts of my week. I had to give up a chunk of time each week for lesson planning. I had to find another chunk of time for administrative things that were involved in running a co-op. This one was a doozy, to be honest with you all. I had to really seek the Lord and ask him what he wanted me to give up and sacrifice in order to make this happen. I had to start waking up earlier. I had to prioritize in a way that I hadn't done in a long time if ever. 
a lot of my personal life went on the back burner. And I don't always advise that, okay? But truly, there are just some seasons where that is what has to be done. When it's a part of God's plan, though, I can truly tell you I didn't experience burnout because God was sustaining me. It was intentional. He was supernaturally taking care of me, even on the hard days and weeks, honestly, especially at those times. So you can see the practicality of what I mean by saying yes leads to saying no. Let me give you another example. This last year, we felt God leading us to start a youth ministry at our small church. I had to not only give up another chunk of time to make room for this, but with the night we were selecting, it was also a chunk of time that had previously been the prime night of the week for classes for our business. I began to seek God and ask him how he wanted us to do this. You know, we're already busy. We're already stretched thin. I was already putting a lot of things on the back burner. And his answer was really simple, but not easy. He asked me to say yes to this. He asked me to say yes to pouring into the next generation. He gave us a blueprint of how we were going to do it and the night we would meet, the time we would spend, the framework for our meetings, all of it. But then he asked me to do something really hard. He asked me to keep saying yes, but to give him something really precious to me. And that was my business. What? (laughs) You might be saying, Courtney, God doesn't ask us to do those kinds of things. And I'm going to call baloney on that one. Because historically, biblically, sacrifice and obedience always precedes a move of God. The disciples had to leave their families to travel and be Jesus' followers. Moses had to leave the Egyptian palace to become the man that God needed him to become, to encounter I am in a burning bush. Noah had to do the thing and build the boat and endure mockery in order to be obedient. Y'all, I do not want to be Lot's wife in this situation. I don't want to be looking back at all the things he asked me to give up instead of keeping my eyes fixed on him and on what he has for me and what he's asking me to do. So God was asking me to not work on my business. I did that for nine months. Nine months where he told me I was not to pursue my business. I was to focus on him. I would have people ask me questions and I felt released to, you know, answer questions from my customers and fulfill my end of the month requirements, make sure they knew important announcements, that type of thing. But he asked me to stop checking my back office, to stop seeking out new customers, to stop the hustle and just focus on him. Well, that freed up my Friday nights and it also freed up hours in each of my days because I was actively building my business. I can't tell you I was happy or thrilled by any of this. I'll be ultra transparent with you all here. 
I was a little crabby some days. Yeah, I mean, my business was precious to me. But guess what? He began to show me through this that my business had become an idol. It had become something that I relied on more than I was relying on Jesus. When finances were tight, oh, I'll just create a promotion and see if I can get some enrollments. When I was burnt out on motherhood, I'll just focus on self-improvement and personal development. My business had become an excuse. It had become a distraction and it had become an idol. If I hadn't taken a step back and let go of that for a season, I would have never been able to step into youth ministry and I would have never seen it for what it was. Those nine months were a reality check for me. This summer, he released me to begin to work on my business again, but I was so hesitant. So every Monday I have my prayer time with the Lord and I have just begun to ask him. I'm not making any advanced plans. I'm just asking him, what do you want me to work on this week? Then he tells me and that's what I do. I don't want to do my thing. In this season, I only want to do what he tells me to do. So saying no isn't bad. Back when I had to say yes to taking care of my own health, it meant saying no to take out Chinese food and Taco Bell, right? That's not bad. That improved my life. Trust me. When I had to say yes to waking up early, it meant I had to say no to the temptation to hit snooze every morning on repeat. Saying yes leads to saying no. In the Bible, I love this verse. It's Psalm 16, 6. It says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Saying no is setting a boundary. Let's take a quick break and talk about health and wellness. There are a million holistic natural influencers out there who will try to sell you their quick fix product or their magic pill that heals all the things. What I've found to be true is that most of these products are a mask. They're just an easy button. They're a band-aid to your health concerns. Almost 12 years ago, I was introduced to a company called doTERRA. doTERRA is a health and wellness company, but more importantly, they are a research company. They saw a problem with mismarketing and dishonesty in the health and wellness industry. They saw that the industry as a whole had no quality standards. They had a poor reputation around the world for how they sourced their ingredients, and it was a growing problem that was impacting farmers, suppliers, and customers around the globe. So they sought to provide a solution, and what they came up with is a testing and a quality that is way beyond industry standards. Their products are clean. Their products are focused on getting to the root of the problem. Their company culture is exceptional. They're privately owned and have been slowly setting the standard for the past 15 years. We have been using their essential oils, supplements, cleaning products, and personal care products in our home for 11 years, and I cannot say enough good things. If you'd like to learn more, head to www.owensfamilywellness.org 
and under the Education tab, you can find upcoming online classes as well as some archived classes. So go check it out and start learning for yourself. Recently, I've been really seeking God in a new way. The last two years of my life have required it, but the last six months, it became less of a survival thing and more of a desperation. I'm going to get really pastory here, but I just want you to hear my heart, right? This isn't a funny mom anecdote, and it's not going to be some hot new wellness tip. This is total transparency with you all. And I feel like I'm just laying my heart out, but it's legit. I just want to be in God's presence and experience his glory. I want to see him move in signs and wonder. I want to see lives changed. I just want to worship him and bring others into the room where they can too experience the manifest on earth as it is in heaven presence of God. My number one priority is Jesus. He has become the complete and total center of everything I do. So when he released me to do work on my business again, I really clung to that Psalm 16 scripture. I asked him to show me the boundary lines that he had for me in this season. Show me what is for me and what isn't for me. He laid out this picture of the number one thing at the center Then the next level of focus and the next and the next, it went out in a circle kind of like waves. So at the center was him. It was Jesus. It wasn't ministry. It wasn't leading worship. It wasn't a Bible study. It was just Jesus. Next was my husband. After that was my kids. And next after that was my family. These four things were the biggest categories in the waves. Because how I show up in my relationship with Jesus, my husband, and my kids was going to pour over into every other area. The next section became all the things I did. Ministry, co-op, our church, my business, the podcast, my physical goals. Basically just the things he asked me to do. And only the things he asked me to do. So you might be asking, what about friendships? What about hobbies? What about, well, what about them? I am not saying that those things are not important. But I will tell you that in this season of my life, unless it is a relationship that is part of one of those other things that God has asked me to do, like church or co-op or business, Unfortunately, I cannot prioritize it unless it's a hobby that God is asking me to pick up right now. And I know that he will help me find the time. Sadly, it has to wait. And I am now at a place where I'm okay with that. Because those boundaries have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have learned to love the boundaries that God sets up for me. They might make me uncomfortable at first, but growth isn't always comfortable. 
I want to remind you all that just because something or someone is not falling within a boundary line that God has for you right now, that doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean that person is toxic or evil. It just means that right now, in this current season, it's not right for you. It's not a priority for you. And that can be okay. Jesus is my one thing. Loving and caring for my family is a high calling. Obedience and my yes to doing what he asks is my greatest gift that I can give him. And honoring the timing, season, and boundaries that the Lord has laid out for me has truly become an honor. It is my sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. The term sacrifice and praise might seem opposite, right? When we think of sacrifice, it's more like offering something. There's this great cost and we're laying things down and it's not comfortable, right? Praise, on the other hand, is joyful, happy, pleasant. <laughs> there are definitely those times when our praise does not have to be a sacrifice. It comes easy. We worship God through these good times and we thank him for all the things he's done. But when I have to say no, when I have to set a boundary I don't want to set, when I have to give something up that I love, when I have to let go of control and lean into the promises that he has for me, even when I can't see the good outcome yet, when I'm relying on what I know about God instead of what I see with my eyes around me. Oh man, to praise God in those situations requires personal sacrifice. It takes intention to lay everything on the altar before God, even when we don't understand. When we bring a sacrifice of praise, we choose to believe that even though life is not going as I think it should, that God is still good and he can be trusted. Psalm 135, pretty much the whole chapter talks about this. So this command in Hebrews 13, 15, it says that this sacrifice of praise is supposed to be continual. Our praise isn't based on our opinion of his goodness. <laughs> it's not a reward we give God for our blessings. Isaiah 29, 13 says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. True praise has nothing to do with our circumstances. It flows continually from the heart that trusts and honors a good father in both good times and in bad. The sacrifice of praise comes when we have chosen to honor God in spite of our pain, in spite of our difficulty, in spite of those uncomfortable no's that we have to make. Psalm 51, 16 and 17 says, You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Sometimes God uses our brokenness to create beauty. 
And I've witnessed it enough times in my own life to know and honor and trust that he knows what he is doing. And that is why I can say that the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. History tells me, (laughs) my own history tells me that no matter how hard or uncomfortable it might be, he always works it together for my good. I want no part in any division, discord, disunity, strife, anger, wrath, criticism, condemnation, pride, envy, gossip, jealousy, complaining, lying. I don't want any false or fake spirits or manifestations, no poverty, fear, or any demonic spirits that I have intentionally or unintentionally opened doors to in the past. I'm not interested in distractions. I don't want any part of things that will numb me or dull my sensitivity to what God is doing around me and speaking to me. I'm in a season of closing doors. I am not engaging. You want to stir up drama? It's going to bounce right off of me. It won't even have a chance to land. You want to tempt me or get me to fall back into old patterns? Nope. I'll tighten up my boundaries real fast. I'll go on a fast real quick if I feel like I have fallen away from the narrow path that God has me on. So no, I won't be gossiping. I won't be whining. I won't be wishing away the season God has me in because there's a purpose for it. This is the intensity. This is it. This is how I'm living right now. Now, maybe he has you in a different season, but from the conversations I'm having right now, I know that the majority of women in my life who are closely following Jesus and seeking him daily, we're all on the same page. The same intense, uncompromising page. We are saying a yes to one thing, and that is Jesus. Everything else pours over out of that. I watched an interview with worship leader Stephanie Gretzinger and Michael Koulianos from Jesus Image in Orlando, Florida. He asked her what had changed for her recently because he said it was like a fresh fire on her that he had seen. And her response, it was like she read the script straight from my heart. She said, narrow. The road is getting more and more narrow. Jesus is the way, not changing the channel. There's not another option. We've been ruined forever. There is no turning back. If we lose it all, whatever the Lord asks of us, we're his. The things that were permissible, I don't want them. There are things that are not necessarily a sin issue. They might not be an outright sin, but as we grow in maturity, the farther into the glory we go, the less we can take with us. The road does become more narrow. And the closer we get to Jesus, the less all of it matters. Even the desire for it, things that we were like, yeah, this is okay. We're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to watch that anymore. It wasn't foul, but it's not helping me. 
It's not making me more sensitive to the voice of the Lord. If it is replacing or taking up space that he could be filling, then I'm out. So my heart for you all today as you listen to this, I hope you hear my heart. I want you to begin to understand the beautiful boundaries and the no's that God has for you in this season. I pray that you can see the narrow path that he wants to lead you toward. That you can honor this season and come out on the other side of it, closer to Jesus, with him at the center.